0: You're listening to Brave Not Perfect with Rashma Sajani, presented by Anchor and Girls Who Code. Hey, it's Rashma. Thanks for joining me, and welcome to Brave Not Perfect, where we talk to changemakers across the whole world. They have one thing in common, and they don't even know it. At some point in their journey, my guests decided that it was better to just jump in and try to make things better now, instead of waiting until they have the skills and knowledge. They decided that it was better to be brave, not perfect. Today I'm talking with Natalia Ramirez, a Girls Who Code alumni. One afternoon I got an email from her telling me that she was working on a film.
1: I came to this country when I was
0: three. I came to the U.S. when I was 11 years old. I came to the United States when I was six years old in September, 2003.
1: When Barack Obama came out with the executive order announcing DACA, actually gave me a lot of hope, a lot of courage to, to move up, Basically meaning now I have a motivation to look forward to go to college.
0: She's a DACA recipient, a dreamer, and now a filmmaker. I have always watched her from afar and been so impressed by her bravery, her resilience, her strength, and her commitment to be a changemaker and a role model for so many of us, including me. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah? Getting through. Well, why only okay? Just a lot of work to do,
1: just in general, family situations and stuff.
0: Yeah. So. What are you working on these days?
1: I have two jobs. Okay. So, I am one of them, I'm a social media manager. Okay. And I also do a lot of uh, designs for their engravers. Mm hmm. And then in the other one, I
0: am a web developer. So, you're a student? Yeah. You have two jobs? Yeah. And you're passionately working on this film? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Tell me about this film.
1: Right now, there's a lot of protests. You know, back in September, there was a lot of protests. But I'm not comfortable with protesting.
0: Mm.
1: Just Why because is that? My family don't want me to get involved because you know it yeah. could lead to something serious. And there's nothing really on my record, anything. So, but I still want to keep like a profile where it's like clean, not yeah. really protesting. And that's how you're
0: undocumented, right? Yes.
1: So, uh, I wanted to do something that focuses mainly around who I am as well mm. so I did a film because I really really liked film but I'm not really in delving into that kind of situation mm. for film I like computer science a lot more <laughs> so I was like all right everybody's yelling and screaming uh, so I wanted to do something where it cleared up misconceptions because yeah. I see people say oh if you've been here very long why haven't you become a citizen mm. so all these little misconceptions here and there I pretty much wrapped them up in a film. A lot of us come from the border or a lot of us come legally and then stay. So I wanted to grab an aspect for each one. And that's pretty much
0: the film. Yeah.
1: So just expand the horizons.
0: How was that experience making the film?
1: It was it was fun, but yeah. it was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I tried. Was reaching. it hard? Yeah, it was hard because the reaching out. Yeah. We didn't get a lot of outreach back.
0: People weren't comfortable being Um, on camera and telling their story.
1: Yeah. So we didn't really get a lot of responses back, but we did manage to find people who were completely comfortable with who they are and spoke about it in front of a camera. Yeah. Tell me about some of the stories. So there was this one story which really took me by the heart where he came here and he was pretty much with his mother alone in this track. So he was... Pretty much homeless for a few days, mm. and the way he has now arrived to college, studying and wanting to be this this a biology major, I believe, is amazing. I was like, wow, um, you really come from yeah like nothing to somewhere really important now. I heard a lot of stories, and I'm just like, oh, they're all amazing. But what
0: other story moved you?
1: So each one of these stories that I've heard, it was like a part of me related very well with them. Yeah. So another story with Jorge, um, he came here. He knew he was going to stay, but he just didn't know the consequences. Mm. And
0: How old was he, you think?
1: He was 10. Mm. Yeah, he, he wanted to stay, but he didn't know the consequences. Nobody told him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of these kids also come and want, don't want to stay. Yeah. Um, and don't... Because really, they think they're
0: coming here to visit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. And they think it's completely normal. Like, yeah. we're kids. We don't really understand. Right. And he stayed. He didn't know the consequences until junior year of high school. Yeah, That's, I think,
0: where everybody finds out. That they're undocumented. That's the thing I don't think that people understand is that for a long time, before kids are having to get their driver's license or having to show their Social Security for college applications, they actually don't know. Their parents don't tell them for fear of their safety.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know either until junior year of high school where – I started to apply for work. Yeah. And I was dumbstruck when I found out that I was. Can you tell us about that day? Um, so I was like all happy, excited, because I also wanted to study abroad. Mm. So that's one of my biggest dreams. And when I asked my mother, it's like, where's my social security? And like, I really need this to find this job and this internship. She told me I was undocumented, and I really didn't understand very well what that what it meant. meant. Um, she just told me I was, I don't have the documents to stay in the United States. I don't have uh, work authorization or anything, so it would be really hard for me to be able to
0: do anything. Was she emotional when she told you?
1: Yeah, yeah, because uh, I started to like lose it. I like it was like my dreams just like shattered. Um, like I, Even for Girls Who Cold, when I joined Girls Who Cold, I, wasn't sh- I didn't know I was undocumented. Yeah, because we much. don't ask
0: for social security number yeah. on purpose for <laughs> and, that reason.
1: Yeah, and it was great, and I, I was like, I love computer science, I wanna go to college, financial aid, yeah. gonna go to a really good college because I'm studying really hard. And I think at that moment when I found out I was, I think everything I worked hard t- up until that point didn't matter. I felt like I would have to start from zero, scratch, nobody knows who I am. And she helped me go through DACA, thankfully, uh, it wasn't place. So as soon as I was of age and I could do it, she, we applied, and I had my Social Security and work authorization for two years.
0: Who did you talk to after she told you? Did you have friends that you could talk to, or did you know anybody who was undocumented? or?
1: I was actually alone on that one. Nobody I knew was undocumented, and they didn't understand what that meant. Mm. So when I opened up to them, a few of my friends, mm. they were like, what is that? What does that mean? What does that mean? What is what does, Is that okay? Is that normal? Right. And I just felt like an outcast completely. Right. Because everybody was talking normally. and then About going
0: to college and doing their yeah. thing, right? And you felt like you had this secret or this thing that was keeping yeah. you from doing your dreams.
1: It was like... I work just as hard as the next person, and they could do a lot more than I can. And I can't, because just because of a paper.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's infuriating. So you fill out your DACA forms, you go to college, you're in, you know, now you're you're majoring in computer science and you're working on these films. Why do you feel like you have to use your voice, right? Um, You can just kind of keep your head down, major in CS, do your thing. It's, it's funny because, you know, my, my parents are immigrants, they came here as refugees, and my my pe- mother always says this to me, why are you, you know, why don't you just put your head down? Why do you call attention to yourself?
1: Yeah, I that's what my parents, too, tell me. They're like, why are you being an activist? Don't do it. It's really bad. Yeah. And a part of me wants to put my head down, but then another part of me is like, no, someone has to do something. Uh, if I can make a change, even if it's a small little change in somebody's little world, then... I'll go for it. Like, I put my head down for a very long time. And when DACA ended, I think that's when I gave up. And, again, it felt like the day that I found out I was undocumented, the day that they ended DACA. It was the same. I felt hopeless. But uh, I hear all these, like, movements and then the gun control and then everybody's just talking and going out there. And I was just like... I should do something, too, even if it could probably hurt me in the end.
0: How do you feel now? Um, today, are you hopeful? Are you sad? Are you? How do you feel?
1: I'm still hopeful. I want to keep being hopeful um, that something could happen in the future. A lot of things have passed since that day in September. Mm. They finally have DACA back and reinstate mm-hmm. all of that. But a part of me, it's still like, if it was that easily taken down, it can happen again. Mm-hmm. And I am so scared of this temporary solution because it's going to one day hit me just like I found out I was undocumented, just like how DACA was ended. It's going to happen again, and I don't want it to happen
0: again. Do you wake up every day thinking about this?
1: Yes, unfortunate. Ever since I found out I was undocumented, I wake up every morning and just think, well, what's the point of working hard? And it's sad to think like that, but it's just... It's just really hard not to think like that when you got hit twice with mm-hmm. the, the same emotions, and I—it's a, it's a struggle. I keep wanting to be positive.
0: Mm-hmm. What are the things that you do that keep you hopeful?
1: I block out any news on like myself uh, being undocumented, and I continue working. You don't hard. Read the, You don't look at the news anymore. I don't look at the news anymore. <laughs> i I keep working hard for myself, and I help others and as much as as possible I can mm. um this film, I want it to be a lot more better and bigger for other people to like not give up hope. Yeah. we're not alone, even though the DACA community I've noticed have been very segregated, and that just that just happens too because we're what do you mean by that?
0: segregated from whom
1: um so not a lot of us talk to
0: so each other to yeah. each other
1: and I feel like the support groups are are out there it's just they're not strong yeah so I know in my club like we're all really busy like we want to have a support group where we can just show up yeah No, talk about our similarities yeah. like but at the same time we're not allowed that freedom because we have to work extremely hard, hard. <laughs> yeah and it's sad to think of it like that because I'm not a normal like, teenager, I guess. I could enjoy like freely be mm. anything or go to school freely just without thinking uh, about it. But it's like we have to keep up this perfect image of a perfect person just to not like have no. a reason to be thrown.
0: That's right.
1: And we're humans. We all make mistakes. Yes, yes, yes. Unfortunately.
0: Yes. You're not allowed to do that. Right. You have, you're basically forced to be perfect. So you're not demonized. Yeah. What would you say to those who are against DACA right now?
1: Um, we all are human. Hmm. And we all make mistakes. We all want to be a normal person, like people say. And it, we. It, it's not fair to just criminalize or demonize someone just because they don't have the right to stay. You don't know anybody's situation, why they're here, why they're like that. Some were forced to come here, some didn't know, it was a r- against their own judgment and it's just, it's not fair to just because of a paper that can easily be thrown away or lit on fire or just shredded that, that defines someone and they should understand that we all have human, we're all human, and we all have emotions. We're all just like each other. We all want to work and strive for success.
0: How has computer science and coding played a role, kind of, in your activism? Is it? Do you see it as like two separate worlds, or?
1: I feel like they all collide. It's yeah. Like I'm a girl in computer science. Yeah. And I'm a minority, and I am undocumented. So I fit into all these groups. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I fit everywhere. And it's just, it's just harder to look at it that way. It's like I have to fight for my spot in computer science to prove myself that I am a girl who can code and who can do work well in computer science. I have to prove myself that my background does not really define me who I am now because I'm a n- minority. And I have to be perfect to this image of an undocumented person. So just all those images, it's just
0: stressful. <laughs> How do you deal with the stress? It feels like you're telling me that you just keep, just work harder and just don't give yourself time to actually feel that stress. Is there anything you do? Meditate, dance, stretch, uh, yoga, wa- I know, watch <laughs> hours of tea, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what do you, what, there's, What's something?
1: Um, I guess video games. Like It's an yes? escape to reality.
0: <laughs> it's an escape to reality. What's so, your favorite one?
1: Um, right now, PUBG.
0: Like, players on I have known nothing about video <laughs> games, so I'm like, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's my escape to reality uh, when I play video games, and that's actually why I want to be in computer science, because mm-hmm. I want to be a game
0: developer. Yes, that's amazing. You'd be an amazing game developer. <laughs> so, um, there's people listening right now. What would you want them to do? Um, How can they help?
1: Well, <laughs> you can watch Breach. <laughs> yes, and that's the name
0: of the, movie, name of the film is Breach. Breach. The and where can time. they see it on?
1: Breachdoc.com. Okay. And it's we're also, we're making this actually now optional where they can donate to a, a GoFundMe scholarship fund for other dreamers who also are trying to go into college but don't have the funds mm. since it was heartbreaking to know we don't qualify for financial
0: aid. <laughs> it's one of the things I did as a, the deputy public advocate was started a scholarship program for dreamers.
1: Yeah. And... There's not a lot of them no, going out, so uh, it, was, it was either hit or miss for me to get that scholarship or not. And I think that was a big thing, too, because thanks to that, I was able to go to school. If I don't have a scholarship, then I, I wasn't, wouldn't be able to go to school. I wouldn't have been able to meet amazing people who helped me, support groups, and like
0: the confidence to make these films. So, Natalia, tell me more about your support group.
1: Um, so actually every CUNY has a club, the Dreamers
0: Club. Really? Okay. Yes. And so there's one at, at Queens College. Yes, there okay. is that
1: one at Queens College and I was actually the president of it for a while. <laughs> and they're very supportive. They have flyers and it's amazing to see how much effort they put in it, but I I noticed that we all struggle to make it happen.
0: We're, we're like like I said What do you mean by that?
1: We're all fixated on being perfect. Yeah. We don't have time to hang out and, and be... And
0: just be kids. Be kids. Yeah.
1: And because of that, the club like fluctuated and there was no... We had sometimes no people to present and help gather others. Yeah. But it's just a safe space where everybody can talk about who they are and be be normal and not be demonized or be looked at as a perfect character
0: are people talking in the dreamer community about this perfection thing about the fact that people are so like the stress of actually being the perfect citizen so you could like hold that out to the world who thinks you know what i mean or some of those in this country who don't think you belong here like the stress of that do you is because that's you know it's really honestly the first time I'm i'm hearing someone articulate it this way we don't speak about it yeah we
1: know we have yeah. to but yeah. we don't speak about it and i i didn't even realize i was trying to be someone perfect yeah until somebody else this was a dreamer another of my friends and she was she remembered a time where she she wanted to be a normal high school senior go to a party yeah and
0: drink she, a beer <laughs> drink
1: a beer and she got frightened when the police came up. We they were being too loud, and she she couldn't handle it. She she got afraid because, and she was I think frustrated at the fact that everybody else was cool. Yeah, they didn't have nothing to worry about. Yeah, but there's her. If the police catch her,
0: it's totally she, different. Yeah, it's, yeah,
1: it's wrong, and she realized that we're trying to be something we're not, and we can't even force ourselves to be kids because we can't be kids. Right. We have to be these perfect people or else they will say, yeah, look, see, we were right. You yeah. guys are bad. When the next person to me can be doing all these things and not be like
0: criminalized. Right. All. If that's just regular teenage behavior, but when yeah. you do it, you're, you're seen as like, right, the animal as yeah. our president um, language that he used. So tell me about, what what, what do you feel is your, your brave, not perfect moment?
1: Um, I think doing these films, I was, like, being brave, mm. not perfect. And I didn't put myself in the film for a reason because I want other people to speak. Mm-hmm. And I want others to share their stories because my story, I even though I feel like it, it's, it's not important, I haven't been through a lot, which but we all have been through a lot. So... It's just, for me, being brave is giving up a lot of chances for others to speak, Mm. and I want them to spark. Yeah, And I want others to see, like, they are amazing, and this is what, this is the face of the dreamers.
0: There's so much power in being able to, like, share your story and, like, the, the bravery that that then creates inside of you to keep sharing it. Yeah. So what opportunities has being a coder given you.
1: a uh, lot. I am now a web designer, yeah. so a developer and coding actually I love I love computer science. There is nothing that defines me whenever I'm, I become this coder. Um, not me being like undocumented, not me being a minor, nothing. It's just me, my code <laughs> and my work and making it function. And uh, that's that's the opportunity that that coding has given me is to be myself to be not perfect, but a Mm. girl who's trying. Right. And it's given me a lot of positivity throughout everything. They don't ask you, it's like, oh, are you born here? No, it's like, does your code work? Right, right. (laughs) And I absolutely love that. And it's a question, again, that takes me out of my realm, and it just focuses on me being a person who knows how to code and makes me work harder.
0: Well, thank you so much. You are um, a hero. You really are. And we're so grateful. This country is so grateful for everything that you are doing. And so don't give up. Yeah. Remember that there are millions of people that are standing behind you that are lifting you up. And some people are standing on your shoulders. So thank you. Thank you. So that was a powerful conversation. I found myself basically tearing up through most of it. I think what struck me the most was that, you know, Natalia doesn't even have the option to not be perfect. Um, There's so many people watching her to mess up that that feeling of every single day she can't even just be a kid and make a mistake or take a risk or fail was really sad to hear. But to me, the fact that we have these amazing undocumented young leaders like Natalia that are out there still fighting and that fact that she is so brave enough to get up and fight every day gives me so much hope. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Brave Not Perfect. Got a question for me? Send us a note at podcast at gmail.com or call in directly via the Anchor app on your phone. Until next time, this has been an episode of Brave Not Perfect with me, Reshma Sajani.